So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. Hello and welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast series. And today we have another episode uh, and it's an interview. Uh, And it's an interview with a fellow coach from all the way uh, across the big ocean in the US, uh, Dominic. Toronto, Canada. Oh, you're you're in Toronto? Toronto, Canada. Oh, I'm so sorry. No Uh, worries. Well, you're still across an ocean. I am still across an ocean, yes. America. In in the north bit of it. Um, Yeah. Uh, Dominic Scafidi, who's a, he's a coach, and he's going to introduce himself uh, to us and tell us a little bit about um, his career background, how come he's got into coaching, uh, and then I'm sure we're going to have a really interesting conversation about this wonderful understanding of the mind. So welcome, Dominic. Well, thank you. Thanks, Pierce. It's a pleasure to be here on the show. Um, so yeah, just by way of introduction, I've been a coach now for, uh, so I'm an executive coach and I've been doing this for the past 10 years, uh, self-employed. And prior to that, I was in the corporate world and uh, mostly in very large organizations. I started my career with Procter & Gamble um, and my career began in sales and then it moved uh, into human resources after, uh, you know, I I, be- I began to, you can sort of see the link, you know, human resources is much closer to coaching than sales might be to coaching. Um, so I just became more and more interested in people and getting results through people and the potential and all that. That's the kind of the thing that was more coaching. So human resources, then um, I, I, I was in, um, I spent some time in telecom, uh, the like telecom world, a software company where I was director HR. And then the last uh, corporate role I held was a, a vice president of human resources um, uh, at a large uh, national uh, a retailer in Canada, also Canada's largest private employer. Um, so that was the corporate career. It's 20 years. And then from there, I came out of the corporate world and uh, uh, as an um, executive coach. Uh, initially, I, when I came out before deciding to be a coach, I thought I'd be an HR consultant. Uh, but then, uh, you know, after a few months of that, I became very clear that the part I was really, really interested in was this, this idea of um, uh, working with leaders and helping them to really bring out their own performance and potential. And so I'm a certified coach uh, credentialed through the uh, International Coach Federation. Uh, and um, yeah, I think that's probably it for, for background. Well, that, that's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? So you obviously had a very successful, uh, high-achieving corporate career, and then something... Uh, obviously tempted you or inspired you to uh, sort of end that chapter of your life and come in to help unlocking business executives. So, so I guess the question I'd ask you, given that you know, we're talking all about the mind here, um, what, what is it that 
you now sitting where you do in the role you do as, a, as an executive coach, what's the kind of value you're adding and what's the magic that you're playing with now that you know, means you don't want to go back and be a VP of HR or even, mm-hmm. even in an even bigger organization? So what is it that you're seeing now that makes your role so wonderful now? Well, what's exciting about this, uh, you know, not just the coaching work that, that, you know, there are a lot of coaches in the world, but more specifically kind of the way you and I approach it with this idea of, you know, starting with the mind and, 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 you know, the way we look at it, um, there, there is, uh, something in the approach and we call it different things. Sometimes we'll say, you know, it's transformational, transformational coaching or whatever. But what does that even mean? But it, it is that we get to work with people. And the way I get to work with people is more um, further to the source of what what is giving them or bringing the results uh, and the outcomes in their lives, in their business. Most clients will show up um, with uh, wanting a conversation about that specific sort of outcome result. There's a problem with it. You know, it's not where they want it to be. And most uh, coaching will then start there to sort of get to the root of it. Well, you know, what's been going on and why is the result the way that it is? And what, you know, so what are some other ways to go about it? And, you know, so that's the sort of the mm-hmm. traditional. Um, and then, you know, kind of what you and I are doing and wh- why this is so fascinating is we see these results and outcomes as the symptom and after effect of something far earlier. And so what I love about the coaching that I get to do today is because it goes back that far, it it taps into the source or potential of where results and outcomes are coming from. And uh, when you can work there, then, you know, the impact of that uh, with clients goes far beyond what they showed up for. They showed up with this one problem. But if you can sort of uh, take them back and, and, and it's almost like put them, uh, seat them at the source of, where things are coming from, uh, the kind of power you leave them with is, you know, way beyond solving a little problem for them. And that's, yeah, I can so relate to that. And, you know, and that's the definition of transformative. You know, it, it's, it's beyond the initial thing that they come to you with. Now, if someone's listening to this and, and, and maybe they haven't listened to some of the other podcasts yet, um, and, and here you are talking and, and you know, about, going back to a source of potential, going back to the source of where this thing comes from. Um, now, say a little more about that because what we're, not, what we're not talking about here is the source being you yourself. So just right. say a little bit more about when you mean the source, where this stuff's coming from and this potential, what do you mean by that? Well, the, the way I'll put it sometimes, uh, you know, as, a, a, as I'm talking to a potential client or even with my own clients who, who uh, are working with me, they, they will often point to their issue or challenge um, that 
that is going on. And sometimes I'll, you know, humorously I'll talk about, they'll say, you know, here's what my problem is. And so sometimes I will assertively say, um, well, let's, let's look at this. There are no real problems. So you are not actually dealing with any real problem. Um, and so there is there, if there's a problem, there's a problem in your mind. So this is the only place that this problem is existing. So it is a problem in your mind made of thought. And so there, th- that's all there is. There is some, uh, something that is uh, there and it, is, it only exists in the mind and it is made of thought. And that is wh- what the problem is. And as, as mind changes... And as thought changes, because it always does, it never stays the same. So then these uh, issues or problems change and shift. And so this is kind of what, you know, what's powerful. Whereas in most traditional coaching, what it will do is go after this problem, which which really um, entrenches it further by by the fact that you're having a conversation about it, that means there's more thinking about it. And it becomes more uh, thick with thought in mind. <laughs> and, and the more now there's two of us talking about uh, instead of one of us mm-hmm. thinking about it. Now there's two of us talking about it. And we get, you know, we talk about how long it's been going on and who else is involved and how long they've been involved and what the root of it is and the cause of it is. And so now we make it more and more, we give it more flesh, in other words, uh, and, and give it, create more reality uh, around it. So what happens if someone's going, okay, fair enough, it's made of thought, it's not, it's not the outside world, it's, not, it's, it's mind, not thought. And then they're going, well, so what? I, I still got it. So, well, what's the so what to that? Yeah, well, um, so yeah, that's, so you do have it. And so what is it you want? And so what you want is something different. Mm-hmm. And so, so, and because that's the only reason they're working with you as a coach, right? So I have that. It's a problem. I don't want it. And what I want is something different. And so what's important is if you understand that what you've got is in your mind, it's made of thought. And if you want something different, it will also be in your mind made of thought. And so that understanding of that in terms of the way that this will change is not by you uh, putting on and, and getting into all sorts of action and thinking around the thing that you've got that you do not want and wrestling it to the ground and taking all kinds of action around it. And, and um, y- y- you know, I, I have clients, for example, who, who if, if they talk about um, uh, a team member or they're working with an executive team that they're trying to influence and they, you know, they'll talk about things like, um, you know, I'm not getting support for this project or uh, I can't get that, that, that person keeps blocking me when I'm trying to make progress on things. Well, that's a kind of a problem that, you know, you don't have a person who is, uh, literally blocking or being um, uh, 
you know, a wall. What you've got is you have a perspective on something going on, which has created um, a, a, a block or um, a, a resistance to your ideas. But where that exists is in your thinking and in your approach. And so um, that's the part that's going to shift or change in order for something different to actually show up, a different result or outcome for you. And, and that's the interesting bit, isn't it? Because it can look to us, let's take your example that you're, you're, uh, you're doing some change in an organization, which is, you know, obviously very uh, uh, relevant nowadays. And it would look like there's a team, a department, a department head, or a person um, who is, is, is not on board with that and is blocking that, right? And that's how yeah. it would look to you, right? Now, what we're saying, you could, you could hear us going, so you're telling me that that's, that's mind, that, that that's thought, and if I have different thoughts about that, they're going to be less resistant, but, they might, but someone might go, well, hang on, I could have different thoughts about that, but why would that make a difference to their resistance? Mm. Now, how would you answer that one if someone asked? Well, this is interesting because it's the resistance. Resistance does not exist in another being outside of you. It arises within um, a relationship. A resistance arises in a relationship. And so there is a way you're perceiving yourself. Again, you perceive yourself in relationship to another self. So already there's two. <laughs> and, and then the, the resistance that shows up in that is, again, also created within, within that. So there, it's interesting because it's like there are no resistant people Resistance isn't this characteristic that lives over there with your boss or with your, you know, colleague at work. That colleague is collaborative and cooperative with some. And if they are resistant with you on this project, then what you want to look at is that's not a quality inside of them that is showing up. That is something that is happening in that interaction. And that interaction, because it's happening in the interaction, is this, it's almost like this dance that is going on, which again is coming from your perception of you and them. And now as that alters or changes, the entire dynamic of it changes. Um, because in the other, if you took the other relationship where that person is collaborative and cooperative and, you know, very helpful, that whole interaction is quite different than the one you're having here. And so the more you try to, the more you look outside yourself to try to figure out what's wrong with them and what's a technique or different strategy you can use so that you can change them somehow, um, then the more, off, the more off track you are, <laughs> really, that's the problem because you, you're, you're actually trying to deal with something that is, this is the part I'm saying where it's so far after the fact it's like the symptom that is 
after the fact. And now you're trying to fix it or change it as opposed to actually altering the source of it. And I think we can, we, if we, if we reflect for a mo, you know, uh, and, and listeners can do this is, is you probably all had times when something has changed quite significantly and there's been no real reason why, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, and it's not like you found a solution to the resistant person or you found a solution to solve the difficult problem. The whole situation has looked different, mm. right? So it's kind of, it's not like, oh, I found a way to influence a resistant person. It's actually the things dissolved yes. and looks different. And I think, you know, I'm sure we've all got examples of that in the workplace, but if you can't find one there for your moment in your head, think about kids, right? So it's especially younger kids, you know, that they may not want to do something or whatever it is. And because we don't, when they're young, we don't give them the quality of being resistant. We just think they're a kid. Right. We have more neutrality about it. And then they see the same thing very different. And it's like they're a different child. You're like, oh, they suddenly want to do their homework. Well, that's weird. They didn't want to do it yesterday or ride their bike or whatever it is, right? And we know we haven't solved their resistance. We know that we sort of would see that it's changed. Right. But I suppose as we get into the workplace, we are keener or <laughs> more likely to put the quality of resistance into something else. Right, right. And that's the part that keeps it stuck is yeah. because you think it's out there. Well, then it can't change out there. I mean, what can you do about it? It's out there, right? This, it's sort of like seeing this object out there that um, it's got nothing to do with you and you're stuck. You've got this resistant calling. Too bad for you. Right? <laughs> if you had yeah. a better calling, you'd probably be able to get better results. So the minute you put it out there, there's really nothing that... That, that you can do, you're a victim of it in a way, right? Well, you're, a, you're, you're as you said earlier, it's a, it's a symptom, right? And you're fixing it after it's being cooked. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of already made and then you're trying to fix it once it's being made, not realizing that yes. it's being created in the moment as a symptom of what you're doing. Yes. And, and this sounds quite, you know, it sounds quite odd, doesn't it, when we talk about it? It sounds a little abstract, but... I, I think it's always worth pointing out to people that this is how it's happening anyway, right? It's, it's right. not like we're, we're introducing a, a, a new uh, dynamic to this. This is, this is the dynamic. What we, the bit we're introducing, I suppose, is where to leverage it from. Yes. Right? Uh, and to not try and fix it after it's already been created. And that's the biggest uh, trap, and where you would get trapped and perpetuating because you, in fact, make it more real and alive as you go there. It's you use the analogy with children, right? So that you'll get trapped if you've got, you know, a a child who doesn't want to do their homework. And now you know that you have a child who doesn't want to do their homework. Well, there's now you're getting into a a real problem because the more you you know for sure that that's who that child is, that they don't like homework, don't want to do homework, don't write. Now you're stuck. You think they're stuck. It's you that's stuck. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're stuck. You're trapped. You keep shaping them into that just in terms of the way you're seeing them. And, um, and meanwhile, 
children are a whole variety of ways. There's, you know, very interested in some things, not very interested in other things, uh, hungry right now. And, you know, like it's a whole variety of ways. And so how are you interacting? Uh, you know, if you didn't have a child who was who, who, who was resistant to doing homework, when they showed up and they don't want to do it right now, you might be more curious. Mm. You're like, oh, this is interesting. What's, what's going on? They go, well, I'm really hungry, right? I'm really hungry right now. Or, or you know what? The teacher didn't go over this today. And, 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 and I was, you know, I wasn't, I, I was playing on my video game and I wasn't finished. And then now you called me over here and I, I'm just, I'm still thinking about it. So you're, when you're curious, you no longer have this child who's a particular way. That's a problem. And by the way, what do you do with these problem kids? And are there strategies for dealing with them and all that? No, notice every time you try to do that, you keep making more real this thing that isn't real. It isn't yeah. really that way. It's so what, what do you do then, right? So let's say someone's buying into what we're saying. They're still with us, right? They haven't switched off yet. Uh, and they're going, okay, I can see it's coming from mind and thought. Uh, I get that and I get that, you know, my attention on that is self-perpetuating the circumstance and the situation. What do I do about that? Yeah. Well, let, let's say, let's say that you, if you really got that and that it only works that way, it doesn't work any other way, then it puts you at the source of the, 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 the source of it, the power of it. If you really got that that's the only way that it works. So whatever you're seeing right now is all sourced in that way. Then you, you, <laughs> then what it would do is it would, it would put you in touch with is this, is this way that it is, especially when I see it as a problem, if I really got that that's what I'm creating right now, in kind of the way that I'm looking, the way that I'm thinking, the way it exists in my mind right now, then I would also know that I can't think my way out of it from this same place. Mm -hmm. And so what I need is... a. Uh, I, what I need is to, if you're going to do anything, it's more like, what, what, what will you quit doing? It's, mm. it's sort of like not about doing. It's more like, well, cut out what you're doing. There, there, there's a certain insistence. See, thought and anything in your mind by nature dissolves and dissipates. It's not real. It's not solid. So by nature, it does. It is, and again, if you kind of really looked at it, it doesn't hang around unless you insist on it. Yeah. <laughs> so if I think, you I think that that's the catch, isn't it? Because we're all very happy with a, a dream dissolving in the morning when we wake up. Right. right. But no one has really an issue with that. There were, and no one would come to you and say, look, I'm, I'm going to have a dream and I'm concerned it won't disappear throughout the day. But no one comes, comes to us with that issue, right? And I think it's what you said earlier, that if, if you really see this, what we're talking about, you don't have to do anything because that takes care of itself because the thing's mm -hmm. dissolved and a, and a clarity of insightful action has come through. So 
if you really see this, you don't even ask the question, what do I do? Because the obviousness kicks in. Now, the bit you were just sort of also answering is, well, what happens if I kind of see that it's thought and the mind, but I haven't got an obviousness of action or it hasn't dissolved yet? What do I do then? And I suppose then, I think what you're saying, but correct me if I'm wrong, is, well, you probably don't want to do anything, but you might want to stop doing things that are perpetuating uh, the mirage. Yes, it is. It is only your insistence on it, which perpetuates it. And so, so the, again, if, if you're tuned into uh, the, the, the feeling or knowing that this is unwanted, I'm not happy about it. It's not something that I like. And, um, Per, and and you and it will only hang around out of perpetuation, like out of me insisting. Um, so I keep holding thoughts and beliefs which would otherwise dissolve and dissipate. But 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 you know what? This this um, it, it, what you get from clients generally is um, some argument at this point because mm. they, they they'll start to say. Uh, no, 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 but it isn't me. It isn't me and my thinking. Um, there are, I've actually talked to other colleagues and this particular person (laughs) actually is uncooperative. They are, and it's not just me. It's, it's with everybody. They're known to be this way, right? So it's not my thinking, right? So, so they, you get those sorts of scenarios happening or, you know, if we look at it more broadly, you say, yeah, my business is down, but it, it, this isn't me. It's not just me. You're telling me it's my thinking, but it isn't. The economy is down overall and uh, things are very uncertain. And so it's not just me that has this impact. I talk to the others in my industry and they're all having problems or all having these situations. So what you're getting there is now this mass sort of common uh, thinking and mindset that everyone's buying into. And, you know, all you have to do when you look at that is just say, well, hang on a second, let's wonder about this. Is there any business in this economy that is thriving? And, and if there is, if there is a business somewhere thriving, is if there is someone who, despite what's happening in the economy, is actually, you know, growing their business, then, then it cannot possibly be true that the state of the economy is what's at the source of where your business is. So there must be something different that another person is perceiving or another person is tuned into or another way that they are holding this, these same conditions. So mm. there must be something different that they're doing that, is get, that they have different results than you do. Well, well let, let's move the conversation on a little bit because there, I, I know that we, ha- we had a chat before we press record. So let, let's move it a little bit in, in a segue from what you said, from resistance to, and I'm going to use this word, but we'll, we'll define it a little bit, attraction, right? So, so how come uh, some businesses or organizations or people in organization seem to, I don't know, that uh, they're the secret source, they're the rainmaker, um, they seem to, mm-hmm. customers seem to like them, they find stuff, they get new ideas, they're in great flow, um, opposite of resistance, actually. So, and it looks like it's kind of 
some people are on a purple patch, it's going, blah, blah, blah. What, what, what do you say about all of that? Well, and that's, that's often the case. You can even see it in individual performance within organizations. Uh, I used to be, um, you know, in, in sales and even in HR, I used to work with a lot of sales organizations. And you could see there where um, a mass of the sales force would, for instance, buy into that, that the economy's on a downturn and things are bad. And then you would get a few salespeople right, who would be shining stars. Right? Mm. Um, or the other thing that would happen was you'd, you'd have a particular account or client or, or segment right, in, in sales to say, well, that industry uh, is, is terrible, or this particular customer is really bad, they're terrible. And then you would swap out salespeople. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're getting results within that same account that was not happening before. Uh, and, and so what explains that? Because it's not like all of a sudden the business changed, uh, you know, the, the circumstances and conditions of the business didn't change. But what you did is you have a person moving in who is not perpetuating the thinking that was holding the business in line the old way. So they're just coming in fresh and new. Uh, or from some other uh, account or field. So they don't bring the baggage and history, the insistence on certain thinking, that that buyer is particularly tough and that buyer you know, keeps asking for more discounts and they don't want this and that and they don't want to be collaborative. So the new person coming in doesn't have all that belief system spinning around that they're uh, perpetuating into the relationship. Now, so you get different is, results. Is there a way then, because that makes sense, and, and I think everyone's experienced, well, fresh pair of eyes, freshens it up. So let's say we don't want to have to keep changing out our people, right? Right. And, and instead, we, we would like the existing people to get that freshness, right? Because right. What, what, what we're pointing to here is it's not like, well, after a year, you've got to change all your account executives or, or right. whatever it is. So right. what is really going on with the people who are not coming with the insistence? What's the difference from a mind perspective? Right. So, 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 so there is more openness. Mm -hmm. So I'm more open to new thought, new way of seeing something, and which would be less insistent on... Uh, my current thinking, which is really giving me results I do not want. So I am more open or allowing for my mind to change. Now, what's interesting about that is my mind will continually change unless I don't let it. (laughs) My mind and thought will keep moving. Uh, unless I don't let it, unless I keep insisting that this truth that is out there is the way that it is, and I must keep holding on to. Uh, and, so how and, do we help someone's mind keep moving and stop insisting? Well, again, this, this is a bit of, um, you know, the, 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 the you go back to, this is where we said at the beginning, you have to go back to the source of mm-hmm. saying 
do you understand that what you are, that the results you are experiencing, that the customer you're dealing with, that the colleagues you are dealing with, do you understand where that actually lives and exists? Do you understand where all of that comes from? All of it in all of its characteristics and all of its nuances. And if you really understood that that's all coming from within, you within mind, that that's where it's all generated and created. And if you understand that it exists there, then this idea of, well, what do I do? Well, what do you mean? What do you do? You're the, do you get it that you're the one yeah. who's put it there? <laughs> like, yeah. Why is that a question? Like it, mm-hmm. once you get that, you put it there. It's the only reason you ask the question, what do I do about it? Is because you don't think you did it. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's you did it. That's why that, that, you're that's, wondering what to do about it. That, that, that can be the, uh, this is simple, but not easy part of this, right? Because right. Uh, almost in a way it's binary. Either you see that or you don't. Yeah. Right. And, and what, and another challenge with this or not a challenge is actually an opportunity because it's so easy once you see it is, is intellectually knowing that. Right. right? Academically knowing that conceptually knowing that means zip means nothing. Right. And someone telling you that, or you listening to, uh, you know, Piers and Dominic drinking the Kool-Aid, telling people that means nothing, but we all have the capacity to see that at a deeper level at a more realized level. And then once you do, as you just said, the question of what do I do is kind of like, well, so I, I suppose in a way, I don't know how you describe it, uh, Dominic, but it's, that's kind of our job is getting people to see it right. insightfully, right? Right. Body right. Down. Yeah. And that's always the magic in coaching is that once, once they see it, you know, and I've had clients, like that's always where the big breakthroughs and results come from. Um, you know, I've had clients who, you know, I've worked with them because, um, y- you know, there was this one example of um, uh, 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 uh was a senior vice president of supply chain and he was working in a smaller organization. He'd come from larger organizations and he was clashing culturally because the, this smaller organization was more um, collaborative. They spent, they were really focused on engaging employees and all that. And he came in, he was command and control and directive and, you know, not very personable you know, they didn't put a lot of emphasis on relationships. And so it was very, uh, like a lot of conflict. And so what they hired me and to work with him was to, hey, can you soften him up a bit? <laughs> can mm-hmm. you get him to, right? So we started talking and I started to find out more about him and what he did. And it turns out that, you know, outside of work, he was a musician. He had a, a band. Um, it was, it was a certain, uh, like a culture, cultural, uh, thing, like a folk band thing that he had. And he had organized it and they got together. And anyway, as he's describing himself and what he does, it's like a completely different person. He was so relationship focused and so connected in terms of people and all of that kind of thing. It was, it was really night and day. And so when we looked at this, 
it was clearly he's showing up at work in a completely different way of being. And, and it, you know, when you got into it, it was, it had to do with, you know, how he kind of rose up in the corporate ranks and large organizations. So he had a particular way of, 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 of being in there, which said, you know, you've got to be professional and you can't get too close to people. And when you're their boss, you got to, there was a whole thing about that. Mm. So all we did was what he saw was how that wasn't true. It was just some belief that he had that he had been taught or he picked up and started to believe. And so he was being a particular way at work, which was not fully accessing all that he was. And it was fascinating because I, you know, typically in this kind of coaching, what they think that they want or you know, people hire you as they think, can you teach them some things? Can you teach them how to build relationships? Yeah, and report training. Or, and yeah. be more careful. And we did none of that. Mm. And in literally, it may have been two or three sessions. Mm. As he started to see who he really was, and then he started to see who he was at work, and who he was at work was a limitation of what he really was. He was really a limitation of that. And he was the one limiting. Mm. And it's, you know, and it just sort of softened it. It kind of dropped the insistence, like I said, the insistence on how it was. So as that stuff fell away and dropped, he started to show up fully himself, actually interested in people and what they did on the weekend. And in meetings, it was funny, we got feedback uh, later on, I kind of do these, um, you know, meetings with the boss and the and the coachy. Like we meet to say how are things going. And in the very first meeting, which may have been a month into it, the boss said, "Oh, you know, it's funny." They say I'm getting all kinds of unsolicited uh, comments from people. They're coming in saying, "What's wrong with so and so?" Right. So because the and and uh, no one knows that we're doing coaching, right? So they said, "No one knows we're doing coaching," and yet what we're getting is um, people coming in and asking, um, I don't know this, but he came into the meeting and he started asking us what we think. <laughs> What's wrong with them? <laughs> uh, yeah. the, the behavior all changed, but we never spoke about them. So we never talked about using a different approach or communicating. Exactly. It wasn't like you taught a bunch of rapport strategies saying, right. I'll ask people about their holidays or, you know, it, and, and that's what that, that's, do you know what? It, it's that, uh, that's the bit I love so much because when someone has that realization at that higher level of what they truly are and aren't, the, the, the how to be just takes care of itself. We don't have to get involved yeah. in that as coaches. We right. don't describe or suggest strategies. Right, right. That comes from them loosening all that conditioned thought and those narratives dissolve. Right. And boom, they're there. They're in flow and and... That just comes from a realization at a higher level, right? And that, and that to me is where the real power and leverage is in the mm. way we approach this. Because that, like, you know, we're dealing with people with, you know, my clients are all, you know, they're vice presidents, they're C-level, they're senior direct, like, okay. And here we are, imagine as a traditional coach, you go in there and you start talking to them about rapport, 
and you start talking to them about, you know, how to build trust and connection with others. What are you doing? These are, you know, senior people who have been, you know, years of experience in organizations. They know rapport. They know how to connect. They know how to, you know, create business and clients. They would never be at the level they're at. If they didn't already have the skill and ability to do those things, the quite the really the issue is they're not doing it in that situation, which is causing them a problem. Mm. And it is not a skill issue. Mm. By the time you and I are dealing with leaders like this, this is not a skill issue. They're very skilled. <laughs> and it is such a waste of time to spend our time as coaches with them in something as ridiculous as talking about how to have a conversation and connect with people and like to get into the detail of what to do is such a waste of time because if you can simply show them more powerfully kind of the what's missing for them they don't need any conversation on what to do. The what to do transforms itself naturally. And that it's, it's, you know, that is where the leverage is. And that's, you know, what makes the real difference. And oh, and the other thing is, and that is permanently a transformation. That is sustainable change, sustainable change. And the reason, by the way, I've had clients who their bosses, where the boss comes in, I had one instance where the boss said, well, I don't know what you did to him. <laughs> this was the, I don't know what you did to him, but, you know, this is exactly what we wanted, right? The, the change was exactly what the, the, the organization wanted. But they said, I don't know what you did to him, but we'll see if he can keep it up. <laughs> and my comment was, well, let me tell you, there was nothing I did to him. And we never spoke about any of the changes that you are seeing. That was never a conversation for us. So any changes you are seeing are coming from that person innately as their natural way of being. And it has nothing to do with anything we've talked about, because I can assure you, we have spent zero time talking about, you know, how they need to behave in an executive meeting or how they need to, you know, interact with their colleagues, because yeah. that part is a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I, I've had clients who have just radically changed their diet or pain's gone from an old injury. And we haven't even talked about health, nutrition mm. or pain. Right. Uh, we've been talking about the mind, right? <laughs> And it just so happens that they start being more vegetarian or plant-based or that, that, that yes. their old injury doesn't hurt. Now, we didn't go anywhere near those topics. We didn't touch them. Right. right? And, and that, you know, similar to what you're saying, is the power of working at the higher level of source, right, of mind. Because almost the intelligence of the system works out where to go with that. Yeah? Right. Well, right. We, I mean, and to think that we, little, our little personal minds could prescribe something more powerful than someone's own intuitive realization and wisdom is a little arrogant, actually. I mean, innocently, but, you know, right. of course. But, it, but it's, 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 as you say, it's a bit funny to think that we should be telling people how to do things that is part of their essence. Um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you get to that level of the doing, that doing question, it is such a low leverage uh, area and you run the risk of 
unsustainable because whenever you talk to people about here's a new behavior or a new approach and you're focused on the behavior or, or approach, again, you're at the symptom level. You're at, you know, you're not at the source level. And then what you're reliant on is that the only way they'd ever be able to keep that up is through willpower and discipline and nothing in my coaching ever it requires or would need willpower or discipline. If it does, then we're, we're off track. We're off track. Yeah. If, if it would take any willpower and discipline to do anything that, you know, is coming out of the coaching. Yeah, um, it, it's funny because in, in the, the very early days of my coaching, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I would have thought, well done for being disciplined and having willpower, right? Yes. Now I'm seeing it as, ah, you haven't quite seen it. Yeah, you haven't seen it. If you saw it, it wouldn't take. (laughs) If you actually saw this thing, if there was an insight around it, then you wouldn't need any willpower or discipline. Everything. I I get disappointed now. My clients are talking about willpower. You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. There's something here. (laughs) You can use willpower, but would you like to see something bigger? Um, Well, and and by the way, that yeah, you're right. That to me is always a clue because I listen and then I know, okay, we're not quite done yet around this because I can hear it. And the other thing you said, which is really important that I notice is where clients come, come to following sessions telling me this is where I know it's actually worked. So we'll show up the next session and you generally I'll ask some question like, hey, so what's different since last time we talked or, you know, what's what's better or whatever. And when a client says to me something like, wow, you know, this has nothing to do with it. I, at least what we talked about last time, but I had the most incredible conversation with my teenage son. Mm. And then that's when I know, <laughs> and that's when I know something really has shifted because, you know, we were talking about a work conflict situation, but when they come back, they just saw that what happens there is exactly what they're doing, you know, with their kids or with their wife or, you know, whatever. Mm. Right? It's so much more fertile because the benefit footprint is wider and it's yeah. more pervasive. Right. Yeah. So, you, you, you know, it's upstream and it, Right. It's a consequence of downstream. Um, Dominic, we're coming towards end of time. So I wonder yeah. if we could just, if, if, there was some, if, if there was something you could say now succinctly, you know, imagine you've got a couple of business people listening to this and they've kind of been following us along going, yeah, I sort of get it. If you could kind of nutshell it into 30 seconds or something for them to, oh, what, what would you say to sort of, uh, I know it's a tricky question I've asked you there, but what comes to your mind that would be like a powerful thing to leave them with? Yeah, I get. I, I I I guess the thing, if if you could get curious about anything you want, that's you know that today it's one way and you want it to be different. Anything like that, it is to to know that, or at least to get curious in the beginning around that. This is something that is in mind made of thought and that the change will happen as new thought comes. And so then that, if you could really sort of get interested or curious about that, I think that it leads to an openness to, well, what new thought could there be? Or could, what, how open could I be to new new perspective here that I'm currently not open to because that's the only way that something will change ultimately. Mm, yeah, no, I think that, that nicely put. It, it's, it's a curiosity and a wondering of, well, if I see that this is mind, 
what else could the mind do? You know, and it doesn't have that limit on it. And, it, and right. if, if right. you start to see that, it kind of opens a little tiny door sometimes, yeah. doesn't it? So yeah. um, that's brilliant. So j- just to say a, a massive thank you for giving up your time to come on. Um, we could have talked for hours, but we, we probably shouldn't. Um, but I, I really appreciate it. You've got a wealth of experience in this uh, and, I, and I love your perspective. So um, I'll, I'll put some contact details for you in the, in the show notes. If anyone wants right. to check you out, you know, they can check out your website or whatever. Um, but, but a big thank you for coming on and, um, it's been great. Great. Thanks Pierce. It's been a pleasure for me too. Thank you. Okay. Thanks everyone. And, uh, have fun being curious until next time. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please reach out and leave us a review and a comment. If you want more info, check out makingchangework.co.uk or Piers Thurston on LinkedIn.